I just found that I kept traveling toward picture book biographies. I love writing about creative people. It's just what fascinates me. And I just always want to find out more about them. What what makes them tick? What in their lives inspired them? What they overcame because so many have, have overcome so many challenges to pursue their creative endeavors. And also why why being creative is important to them. Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. In this episode, I talk with award-winning author Jean Walker-Harvey about the magnificent picture book biography, Ablaze with Color, a story of painter Alma Thomas. Jean has been a longtime docent at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Just like Alma Thomas, Jean believes that art brings us joy. Her other picture books include Maya Lin, Artist, Architect of Light and Lines, and My Hands Sing the Blues, Romare Bearden's Childhood Journey. Jean studied literature and psychology at Stanford University. She lives in Northern California. Before I share our conversation, here's the synopsis for A Blaze with Color, a story of painter Alma Thomas. Celebrate the life-changing power of art in this inspiring and stunningly illustrated picture book biography of American artist Alma Thomas. Meet an incredible woman who broke down barriers throughout her whole life and is now known as one of the most preeminent painters of the 20th century. Told from the point of view of young Alma Thomas, readers can follow along as she grows into her discovery of the life-changing power of art. As a child in Georgia, Alma Thomas loved to spend time outside, soaking up the colors around her. And her parents filled their room with color and creativity, despite the racial injustices they faced. After the family moved to Washington, D.C., Alma shared her passion for art by teaching children. When she was almost 70 years old, she focused on her own artwork, inspired by nature and space travel. In this celebration of arts and the power of imagination, Jean Walker-Harvey and Love is Wise tell the incredible true story of Alma Thomas, the first black woman to have a solo exhibition at the Whitney Museum in New York City and to have her work chosen for the White House collection. With her bold and vibrant abstract paintings, Alma set the world ablaze with color. A Blaze with Color includes extensive back matter with photos, an author's and illustrator's notes, a timeline, and a list of sources and resources, which will be a great tool for parents, educators, and librarians. It's perfect for Women's History Month and Black History Month units, alongside such favorites as Malala's Magic Pencil, Hidden Figures, and May Among the Stars. Jean Walker-Harvey is a longtime docent for school groups at the San Francisco Museum of Art, home of one of Alma's most famous paintings, Cumulus. So this is a subject matter that she is extremely passionate about. The talent behind the art, Love is Wise, illustrated Ebi Zaboy's picture book debut, The People Remember. Outside the book world, 
they are known for their New Yorker magazine covers and their Google Doodle for Black History Month, among other projects. In this book, their work layers textures and patterns seamlessly and uses bold, vibrant colors to bring Alma's story to life in a perfect homage to Alma Thomas's colorful, abstract artwork. Jean, oh my gosh, after so many years of email interaction with you over your wonderful picture books, it is such a pleasure to get to hear your voice and match it to your words. And just, I just want to say welcome to the Growing Readers podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Bianca. You are such a treasure for the children's literature world. So I am really honored to be on the Growing Readers podcast. Thank you ever so much. You're welcome. That's really kind of you to say. So I have to say that A Blaze with Color is truly an outstanding picture book biography. And it had me right from that stunning cover. But We'll be talking about the illustration created by Love is Wise, but before that, I want our listeners to learn more about who you are, how your experience as a longtime docent at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art helped with writing this book, and this is a super loaded question, what drives you and guides you in creating books for children? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, I just found that I kept traveling toward picture book biographies. I love writing about creative people. It's just what fascinates me. And I just always want to find out more about them. What what makes them tick? What in their lives inspired them? What they overcame because so many have have overcome so many challenges to pursue their creative endeavors. And also why, why being creative is important to them. So it's, you know, really a passion of mine Um, to learn more about creativity. And these people who are incredibly creative are such inspirations to me and I hope will be to children too. Absolutely. And so being the longtime docent at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, I imagine that you're very drawn to art yourself. And so I want to, I'm just curious where that natural pull for you comes to a a lot of the people that you write biographies for are creative people. You know, I grew up in a house with a lot of modern art. My mom loved to take me to art museums. So it was just what we did. And she was an artist too, as was her mother. And I then found, I love sharing modern art. I, I was actually surprised to learn everybody didn't love modern art. And I thought, well, I should get in early with children and share with them why it's such an exciting type of art. And being at the Museum of Modern Art, and I specifically toured children, always school groups for a long, long time. And every single tour was different because every group of students is different. And they would bring their own impressions and connections to the artwork Our way of touring at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art is not talking at them. It's much more asking them questions and what what do they love about the art? 
what type of art would they like to do? So it makes, and we only would look at maybe four or five pieces of art in an hour and sit down in front of it and even do an art project right there on the floor in front of the art, which was so much fun. So that was a perfect segue to my wanting to write about particularly artists, but um, in general, creative people. Right. So in telling the true story of Black artist Alma Thomas, this really beautiful picture book places emphasis not on fame and success, but on serving and supporting others and enjoying life and experience. So what was it specifically about Alma Thomas that drew you to her and her artwork? You know, I was amazed to learn that she had been an art teacher in Washington, D.C. in a public school in her neighborhood for decades. And she was also doing her own art and participating in art groups and showing a little bit in galleries and attending classes at a variety of different um, organizations and colleges. But she was so devoted to children and wanting them to experience art because Black children at the time were not always allowed in places, maybe even to see marionette shows. That was one of her passions to to make marionettes. And so she would set up art classes essentially in her home also. So not even at school, but in, in her neighborhood because she wanted kids to have this activity. And then she would take them on field trips and then she would set up um, art galleries for the kids to get to see art. I first learned about her art because of it was shown at the Obama's um, White House, but I learning about her and her passion for educating kids really resonated me because as you said, of my connection with the Museum of Modern Art being a docent. Let's talk a little bit about the research that you had to do for writing about Alma. Like, Do you have a specific writing and research formula that you use for all of your books? Or is it different for this one? Like, how do you go about researching? <laughs> I wish <laughs> I had a formula. I'm not that organized, I don't think. I, I just gather everything I can possibly find about the person. So that will be not only books, obviously, but many um, uh, galleries for artists will have their own catalogs, which are super helpful because the curators will talk about it. And then interviews. And fortunately, she was interviewed often too. And of course, my favorite source is primary sources. So what the artists, and if they're not alive, any interviews any, any of their own words are, are always my favorite. And so then I, I just immerse myself in it. And I take a long time researching. I'm, kids are always shocked how long it takes me <laughs> before I write the book. Yeah, I imagine that there's a lot of sort of sitting involved while you're writing and researching. So I'm wondering, like, do you have any day-to-day practices that help you stay motivated or help you reset creativity? <laughs> That's... <laughs> So spot on. Absolutely. I sit way too much. I did get a standing desk, but somehow I can't think standing. <laughs> so um, I love to dance and I'm not particularly great, but I it just makes me so happy to move around to some nice peppy music. And, you know, during the pandemic, I couldn't go to classes. So I'd set it up in my kitchen on the counter and I'd be, so if you peeked in my kitchen and, and, Sometimes um, 
you know, someone would stop by and say, what are you doing? And I'd be jumping around because I'd have my earbuds on and then I'd pick up my cat and she'd be my dance partner. So yeah, I've got to move around more and take hikes. I like that too. Oh, that's perfect. That sounds so fun. I feel like I feel like we should all dance and move and sing a lot, right? <laughs> I totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, so sorry, back to the research again. So when when you sit down to officially, when you're done dancing with your cat, you sit down, do you create a timeline first or like what, when you just pull all of that information together, I'm sure when you're researching, it kind of comes in at different parts of the timeline. So do you just start writing and then check a timeline or do you jot down the information you learn on a timeline? Hmm, that's really interesting. I, um, I don't use the timeline until afterwards. I really am trying to find that theme, that through line of the story first. And I may not know how, maybe it'll be just a a snippet of someone's life, maybe not their entire life. Maybe it will be some anecdote that I can expand on. So I'm really not thinking that logically, probably. (laughs) It's more, uh, what story do I think would be compelling? And then, for example, in this book, mentioning timeline, that that was a huge project for me because I'm not great at remembering dates specifically. The editor and the, they were great at helping me really fine tune this. Um, the timeline was so much longer before we edited it down for this book because there's so many important events in history and in her life. I'm very pleased with what we came up with. Yeah, absolutely. I love all the back matter in that's included. And I'm so glad to see publishers including more back matter in picture books, uh, you know, in recent times. It's, it's so it's so helpful, especially if the story, like you said, you've picked the theme of the story that you want to present about this, this person, this human being, this Alma in this book. Uh, and so if that connects with a reader, I think it's so wonderful for them to be able to source more information in the back and just dig in further. So I loved all the information that you guys provided. And I also want to say that, you know, I I feel like maybe in the past, people shied away from reading picture book biographies with their kids because, I mean, it was just so factual and the writing was a little uninteresting. And so something that I really admire about your writing, Jean, is it is factual, but the prose is so descriptive and so beautiful. Uh, So I was hoping that maybe you could share a highlight from the book that you particularly enjoy. Maybe you would even read us a short section. Oh, that's so nice of you to say, Bianca. I'd love to share it. Let's see. How about from the beginning of the book? So it's when she's a girl in Georgia. And I particularly liked writing about this because it shows the roots in her, her being of being connected being so visual and connected to color and finding joy in her her environment. So this is the, the very beginning. Alma always felt her best when she was outside soaking up the sparkling colors of nature. In the garden at her house on a hill, she skipped around circles of flowers pastel purple violets and crimson roses crowned by bright green banana leaves. 
she fell back on the grass beneath poplar trees and gazed at quivering yellow leaves that whistled in the wind. Alma waded in the blue hues of a brook and basked in the warm glow of sunsets. Ugh. If you hadn't have read that pot, I was going to read that pot. I'm so glad you picked it because it just sets the scene right away with even if Lovis Wise's artwork wasn't there, you could visualize that. You could see the colors and and you can feel the wind. Anyway, I'm you're so talented. So beautiful are your words. And then it get they get elevated incredibly by the artwork of Lovis wise will you just describe for our listeners so you just read the words will you describe since they can't see inside the book right now will you describe the artwork that goes with those words oh my lovers illustrations first of all i am just blown away by the beauty the colors the patterns their interpretation of the words. Um, so those two pages, the girl is running through this glorious field of just iridescent flowers with huge leaves above her. And then when she falls back on the grass and looks up at the, at the tree, you just can feel the warm breeze and Lava's illustrations just are stunning. That's all I can say. Just absolutely stunning. Yeah. So do you know what I'm going to do? I am going to, for all of our listeners, um, share those images on our site on the Children's Book Review. And so in the show notes, there'll be a link that will take you directly to that so that you can now visualize just how stunning the artwork is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think for me, one of the most fun parts of being an author of picture books, uh, especially an author who doesn't illustrate, is waiting to see how the illustrator chooses to bring your story to life. Do you agree that that's one of the most fun parts or does it make you nervous? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. And, and it's so exciting. I've been just thrilled by the um, choices, the art director and the editor for the illustrator. I mean, as you know, people are always surprised that we, the writers don't have, we aren't choosing, we aren't dictating. Instead, we, we are lucky that these incredibly talented editors, art directors choose these amazing illustrators. And I think that's why I like to write picture books, because I also cannot draw it would all be stick figures and so to see this amazing art that just takes the story way beyond what i envisioned at the best in my mind is always just incredible 
I can't imagine for Lovis the weight that must have been on their shoulders to create artwork that is representing such an incredible artist such as Alma. And yet it's honestly just the most perfect pairing. And I know that a lot of authors don't get the opportunity to connect with the illustrators on the artwork. And so I'm just curious, have you heard anything at all, even through the editor on how they felt about being tasked with creating this artwork? Such an interesting question. I I agree. Creating art illustrations about an artist must be the most intimidating project. But I think Lovas took this challenge and they created their own interpretation of Alma's art. And I've I, I saw the sketches along the way, and I just feel they knew how to do this. I don't know, just intuitively. So I, I don't know more specifically, but it couldn't be better. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you specifically, while you don't create the illustrations, you are a lover of art. So I'm just curious, do you dabble in any kind of art making? I know you said if you drew, it would be stick figures, but do you do any kind of artistic thing? I love to do art projects with kids. So I think with my own, you know, nieces and nephews and then the children at the art museums. So I love to just get in there with paste and glue and paper and cutting. And I think my gardening, it might be my also creative artistic uh, outlet. I I personally love redesigning probably way too much, (laughs) digging up and starting over, but I think that might be my artistic. I think I'm intimidated by my mother and grandmother being painters. So I'm more, I think in words, trying to create I was wondering, though, as a creative person and a lover of fine art, have you ever done something creative that maybe didn't work out too well? Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, creative. I can be. Oh, that's so funny you asked that. Because I remember I was just talking to someone about this, that how I would um, I definitely came from a family, a mother who had always funny, creative solutions to do things. And so I just took that on. And independently, when I was in sixth grade, I was in the Wizard of Oz and I um, was the Wicked Witch, mainly because I couldn't sing, but I could cackle. So for the rehearse or for the performance, I needed to have a green face. So I took Jurgen's lotion and I added probably a whole container of green food coloring, mixed it up, put it on my face, looked great for the performance and it didn't come off for weeks. So. Oh my gosh. Do you have a photograph of that still? Did I anyone know? And I oh. really did. <laughs> Only my know, parents were appalled. <laughs> you know, I would have wanted to share that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh gosh. Well, I, I think it's really important to share too. And, and you could elaborate a little bit more is that there's been a really wonderful educator's guide that's been made to be paired with your book. And there's also an activity kit, which kind of goes back to what you were saying before about how you love like cutting and pasting. So do you want to like talk a little bit about that and maybe how you imagine that teachers could use your book in a classroom? 
Sure. Um, I did teach fifth through seventh grade for a couple of years. And so I use picture books with those grades. So I, I do want to emphasize, I don't think picture books are just for the younger age, especially a biography, because it introduces them to another, to, to people in a, in a easier way than reading a longer biography, which they might then pursue. This educator's packet is terrific because it has questions, very thoughtful, critical questions that students of different ages can use. It has how to read the book to younger children because there are some some challenging topics in the book. The art activity one, both of these are downloadable for free on my website, and they can um, create a collage using uh, strips of paper and very colorful patterns from the book illustrations. And there's also a puzzle and a create your own Alma Thomas inspired art. So as you kindly said about the writing, I try to write it, write the books in a narrative fashion. So teachers can also use it in the sense of what is the beginning, middle, end of this book, of the arc, what is the conflict, the challenges that have to be overcome, and then looking at specific word choices for alliteration or assonance or internal rhymes, you know, the different literary devices. So I think it the book can be used not only in the younger ages to read to read aloud to them, to learn about this person, but also older grades because of the timeline, the social studies aspect, history, and the literature. I feel like this is a great book for the classroom, but it's a great, it's just a great story for any home library, any library at all. And I really do hope that a lot of readers get their hands on it. I'm curious, just for you personally, what impact do you hope that your book has on readers? So I think I just am always hoping that my books will inspire children, Um, maybe inspire them on their creative journeys, maybe inspire them to overcome difficulties or challenges to pursue whatever, whatever their passions are. So I, I just feel these people in my biographies are such incredible role models that I hope there's some, some connection. And, and sometimes kids, when I've, and I miss this so much doing in-person book talks, but you know, would there always be some children who'll come up to me afterwards and say, I really want to grow up and be a writer, or I really want to grow up and be an illustrator. And I mean, that's incredible to hear that. So I feel so lucky to have this, this job I get to do. Yeah, that's beautiful. I feel like maybe a really special thing about creating a biography, because not only are you getting to introduce people to an incredible person, and in this book, it's Alma Thomas, they're also getting to know you and you as as a writer. So I feel like that's super special picture book biographies. Since we're talking about readers, and this is my go-to question, they say to be a writer that you should be a reader first. Is that something that you agree with? And if so, is there a specific moment in your life where you actually considered yourself a reader? I agree 100%. It's just the more, and and I also said this when I taught, the more one reads, the more one is um, exposed to ways of writing, vocabulary, ideas, and 
the writing will be better. I have always been a reader. I it was growing up with my uh, my mom, who was a big reader, but she would get huge, heavy art books from the library. And then I would get my stack of novels from the library. And then I'd come immediately home and sit on the couch and read it with my colleague curled up next to me. So, I mean, I can't really remember when I wasn't reading. So I saw those books with the names on the front and I knew those were the authors and I really, really wanted my name on on the front of a book. So this is a dream come true. Oh, that is so fun. It wouldn't be right for us to end our conversation without mentioning that you actually have another picture book releasing later this year. Do you want to share the news about that today? Sure. Um, it's very exciting uh, to have the another book um, in the fall, September 2022. And it is, yes, another creative person, um, but in a somewhat different area. She is Edith Head, who was a costume designer for the Hollywood movies. And so it's called Dressing Up the Stars. And it has these really sweet, wonderful, whimsical, creative illustrations by Deanna Toledano. Uh, it'll be published by Beach Lane, Simon & Schuster, and the incredible Andrea Welch is editing it. So, you know, it's amazing to have, for me, to have two books in the same year. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you think that we need to know about A Blaze with Color? I think the only thing is I think that I would love for people to know, children and, and well, any readers, that a book is really a collaborative effort. It's a group effort. I mean, my name and the illustrator's name is on the cover, but there is a whole team of for every book, beginning with my um, agent, um, Deborah Warren at East West Literary. Then there's Megan Ilnitsky, who is the, the editor. And then there's the marketing team at Harper. Uh, publicists, art directors, you know, everyone. It's, it, I I always feel, well, actually I did put the names in this book of, of many of those people as a thank you because books wouldn't be here without a whole team. So I really appreciate all their effort too. Oh, that's so true. And I can only imagine that they are grateful for the opportunity to work with you, Jean, because you're such a kind person. So listeners, I cannot say this enough, but you really do have to go and feast your eyes on a blaze with color because it is so beautiful. It's thought provoking and it's going to appeal to readers of all ages and it's really going to appeal to budding young artists for sure. So Jean, this has been an absolute blast and I'm so grateful that you were able to join me today. You are incredible. Thank you so much, Bianca. This is just a, such a treat. So you're amazing. Back at you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. Be sure to check out our show notes. You'll find links to order a copy of A Blaze with Color, a story of painter Alma Thomas. 
To see which author or illustrator guests we have coming up and how you can be on our podcast and have your questions answered by authors and illustrators, visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com forward slash The Growing Readers Podcast. If you like this show, remember you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Chromecast, or anywhere else you like to listen. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of The Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books for kids, just like Jean Walker Harvey and Love is Wises, A Blaze with Color, a story of painter Alma Thomas, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.